da 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 and all that bullshit, right? Oh man, so what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna sit the mic right here and record this first episode one shit podcast. Yeah, you know I mean they've been asking for it, and I've been bullshitting you. The fuck is going on, man? He's motherfucker. So how's everybody doing? Yo, turn this motherfucker up. Yo, check, check, check. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that cool? We cool? Alright, so here we go on this uh episode one bullshit, my bullshit ass podcast. <laughs> this is the official intro to my bullshit podcast. So um turn this shit the fuck down, man. Let's get this shit better. Cool. Alright, we cool? Cool, cool, cool. We cool, we cool, you stupid bitch. Yeah, I like that. I know you like that, bitch. I know you like Jack. I know you like that, Jack. I know you like that, Jack. All right, cool. We we rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling. We rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling, we rolling. All right, cool. So we here, we are doing this podcast. Finally, fuck it. Copyright podcast. Fuck it. The Full Nelson podcast. It's just me. It's just me. It's nobody else in this room. It's just me and uh and the ghost of uh fucking uh fucking uh Pick, pick your dead celebrity. It's the ghost of that person. And, and that's who we're here with. So, look. I know that you guys wanted... Uh, you guys had a list of some shit. Like, to be quite honest with you, man. I'm just, I'm just winging this shit. I know you guys had some questions you wanted to know about. Um, a lot of good... Y'all had a lot of good questions. Damn, I'm hungry as fuck, though. I don't know if I could do this podcast. Hungry as fuck. Like this. I'm hungry as shit, man. God damn, I'm hungry as fuck. I'm about to fuck. Man, it's a motherfucker. Man, fucking chicken wings taking forever. So what y'all want to know? Mm. I got a couple. I'm looking at this list I made. Ask y'all what the fuck y'all wanted to know. Come on, bitch. Let's figure this shit out. Where the fucking list at? God damn. Where we at? 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 All right. All right. Cool. Great. Terrific. Terrific. I'm trying to. I'm looking for the list, man. Yeah. Where the goddamn list? 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 Here we go. All right. So, copyright podcast. You know, all that good shit. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna roll through these. Uh, I asked you guys on my, on my on my Instagram like what you wanted to hear. What information you wanted to hear? What type of stories? What type of shit did you guys want me to yap about, right? So this motherfucking thing says, all right, my homie Navi the North wants to know how working with RJD2 was. Na uh, working with RJ is cool. We actually met, me and Camus, uh, we were, all right, so here's the history of Megahertz, right? We started out as some group called Opium Prodigy. It was a bunch of us. Jakai, shitload of us. Illogic, Illogic was an Opium Prodigy. It was a big crew, right? But then we, we, there were some internal differences, and uh, we split up. God damn, though, I'm not really even starting from the beginning. I'm going to fast track you, all right? <laughs> I'm going to fast track it. All right. Me, Jakai, accidentally started rapping in his, in his basement with him doing this. Man, this motherfucking cat's trying to get murdered. Shut the fuck up. Alright. Cool. Alright, cool. Sounds good. Alright, so we were rapping in his basement while he was going... 
but the bat the bat the bat the bat the bat you know what I mean? And uh, people around, we recorded it on tape, and people in the neighborhood heard it. They lied to us, or they didn't know any better, and said the shit was good. And then we were like, oh wow, we should try to write something. And we tried to write the next day, and uh, I came up with this little ditty. It's like I'm not gonna, I don't remember the rap I wrote, but I know it wasn't, it wasn't whack, but it wasn't great. Definitely was not um, nothing I would uh, be proud of right now. So anyway, um, so then it was, we started out as lyrical assassins, me and Ja'Kai and his brother and his cousin. And then we went to, fuck were we after that? Oh, we were Nuthouse. First we were Chinese rappers on ice. Then we were Nuthouse Posse. Then we were lyrical assassins. Uh, I'm about to strangle this motherfucking cat for real. And then, uh, then we were... Uh, Opium Prodigy, then after Opium Prodigy, we split up into Megahertz. Now, the reason why Ja'Kai was not on some of the first earlier Megahertz shit is because in the beginning, Megahertz was the people that left Opium Prodigy, which was just me and Camus. Was, nah, my fault. It was me, Camus, uh, uh, Alvi. Man, let me get this coffee, man, while I wait on these fucking shit. This is going to be a fucking long... It's gonna be a rough one, man, until I get these chicken wings and, 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 and shit in my system, so. All right, so what the fuck was my point? I, I, I could uh, imagine there's gonna be a lot of this. All right, so what the fuck was the point? The whole thing about your guy, the whole, what the fuck? Oh yeah, so working with, okay, so look, boom. Anyway, fuck all that. Very cohesive, right? So fuck all that. Here's, we're just gonna bring you back to where I tried to bring you up to speed from before. So we met RJD2. Me and Camus had a show one night at Skankland, right? Columbus spot. And our DJ didn't show up. I don't know who was supposed to DJ for us that night. He didn't show up. But there was this dude there named Ramble. And uh, we asked him if he would, you know, would you, would you DJ for us tonight? Our DJ didn't show up. He did. And we had a great show. We destroyed it. You know what I mean? We vibed like, you know, he was... He probably was, you know, you know what I mean? It was, it was like, oh shit, this dude's dope. And he probably was thinking the same thing about me and Camus. So we're bum ass dudes. We ain't have no car yet. You know, we're still in high school. So um, he gave us a ride to Camus' crib, right? And we listened to a bunch of music on the way home that we were working on. And he was into it. He was really digging it. He was like, yo, we should make some of this for real. And then from there on, we just like, it just happened naturally. So... Working with RJ now, okay, that, I say that to say this, Navi. Working with RJ in the beginning, he wasn't a producer yet. When we met him, I mean, don't get me wrong, he knew how to play the guitar and shit because he grew up with a musical family, but he wasn't, a, he, he wasn't even making beats yet. The first beat he ever made was for Tage Future from Megahertz. Tage, not to be confused with C-Age, pun. And uh, motherfucking... Um, he was dope in the beginning. His first beat was incredible. RJ's was. The only thing that he lacked in the beginning was he, 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 he didn't know how to EQ his samples. His shit was flat as a fuck. And he'll tell you that. And he'll also tell you, which he said in interviews, is the way that he got good at producing is by bringing me a bunch of beats and me saying, nope, to him. Which is how Camus got good at beats too. <laughs> Rest in peace, my dude. Which is, why I, which is honestly how I treat my own shit. I thumbs down my own shit a lot. And that's that's how I come up with good shit because I don't I don't I don't I don't accept bullshit from me. If it doesn't if it doesn't make me fucking excited to hear, if it doesn't set off my synesthesia, I don't give a fuck about it. I'm scratching it out or deleting it or some old shit. So anyway, working with RJ's dope because in the beginning, 
he, I would go to his house, like, um, and he would have this bunch, of, like, he'd have the beat loaded up, and he'd have a shitload of sequences, right? So songs like Holier Than Thou, um, basically all the joints that me and RJ did in the beginning, they've got all those different sequences because when he's producing it, he would just make them all up, and then he'd play them all for me when I come to the crib, and we would just sequence the whole rhyme. I'd run through the rhyme, and I'd be like, use that one for this, use this one for that. I'd pick, I'd pick the sequences for each bar that I thought fit the bar right. I've always been very hands-on with my shit. I'm always... I always oversee every part of it. I do my own drops. When you hear all those samples and all that shit, that's not somebody else. That's me. I do all that shit. I'm the one that's all that crazy shit going on in my music. That's all me. It wouldn't be happening without me. You know what I mean? So I'm very hands-on with all my shit. I like to pick pick all that shit. So working with RJ's working with RJ's cool. I mean, that's basically what it is. He was making beats. After a while, he he uh, he uh, went on to doing other music. So I you know I don't know how that aspect is working with him because I've never done that with him. I never done I never been around them with the singing shit just with the just with the beat program shit. So I hope that answers your question. All right, caller number 7. Let me see what the fuck other question. Who's not ghostwriting the shit? I would never tell. Okay, so some my homie John Rivera asked me who's who 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 do I ghostwrite for? I I would never tell who I ghostwrite for. To me that's stupid that's just not for me. I'm into client confidentiality. You know what I mean? I would be that would that's not that's not what i'm here for i'm not here for that um so i'm not here to brag on who i'm ghostwriting for i'm here to write quality shit for the person i'm ghostwriting for and have them feel confident and secure that i'm never going to spill the beans because that's what the fuck it is i'm not here to be like yo i'm ghostwriting for da 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 nah <laughs> nope that's some old dumb shit that's some old look hey look at me shit i don't do that People, people, when I say my word is secret, my word is bond and all that shit, that's real. All right, so somebody else asked, who are my influences as a writer? Um, that's a loaded question. Um, as a writer, I guess my first early influences were Scarface. That's my first influence ever as a writer, which people probably would not expect. But my introduction to hip hop and the, the rapper that got me into it was, <coughs> um, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, so the Fresh Prince, aka Will Smith, before he was known as Will Smith. And then uh, Scarface, for sure. So Gangster Nip and Scarface were my influences as a writer early on. Then later on, as I got a little bit more um, advanced, I mean, when I first started rapping, I was 14 fucking years old, so you gotta understand, the shit that was captivating my mind at the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're talking like, <clears throat> we're talking, you know, it is what it is. I, probably not the most intellectual highbrow shit but some crazy shit and some shit to capture the way i felt at the time was what i was into so then later on as i kind of progressed as an mc i got into uh because i started rapping in 91 um two years later after that i started getting into more like hyro um like hyro super influenced me i used to wish i could be in hyro i i, I could write their style down packed i used i love their shit i loved everything about hyro still do shout out to hyro shout out to my guy tajay man um but uh common sense when he was common sense uh feral Monch, big l krs1 uh shit uh who else 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 i mean kane for sure g rap for sure but like when i was becoming getting like starting nas for sure when i was being shaped as an mc and kind of growing up and shit and trying to develop starting to develop my own style G rapping them were already like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? They had already done their shit. So I was listening to cats like, <clears throat> I mean, I was listening to Tribe, still listen to Tribe. But as a writer, I mean, I'm super influenced by Doom. 
I think Doom, okay, so I, I was a KMD fan in the in middle school, right? A lot of people, I, to me, I mean, I'm, not, I'm definitely not here to clown nobody because there's always, it's always, you know, you're always late to something, right? But I was listening to KMD in middle school. All right. I saw the um, Who Me video and ran out and bought the cassette of, of, of Mr. Hood. So shout out to everybody who caught up late. You know what I mean? I love that. Better late than never. Right. But I say that to say this. When Doom was Zev Love X, he inspired me with rhyming whole sentences together and, 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 and like rhyming in syllables, big parts of syllables. Um, I got that from 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 Zev, who y'all know was Doom. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I get inspired by a lot of dope shit. I get inspired by shit that's not even rap. I get inspired by Frank Sinatra, when he said, when he said you could, uh, you could go to extremes with the with you could go to extremes with impossible schemes. You can laugh at when they all fall apart at the seams on Young at Heart. That's fire to me. That shit of writing shit that hits me where I'm like, God damn, I feel that. That's true, and it's per and it's poetically perfect. There's internals and all that shit. That's what I like. Okay, so somebody. All right, so I'm going to go on to the next story. Uh, E.C. Fondulum, right? Somebody asked me about E.C. Fondulum shit. All right. So we got signed to Fondulum Records because our manager... Hold on, let me turn my A.C. on. Now sit back, relax. Don't go nowhere. Oh, shit. I'm tripping. Okay, cool. All right, so how do we get signed to EC? I think is basically what that question was. Or Fondalum. So Fondalum was, uh, that's Bobito Garcia's label. Now it's defunct. You know, that's the label that, that, that brought out Doom when he came back as Doom, you know, from, from, from Zev Love X. When he returned on the scene, as y'all know him, that's when he came back as Doom. Um, that's where Cage debuted. Nah, my fault. Cage debuted on Pete, Rock, Pete Nice's album. On a song called uh, Dust to Dust, I think. But he debuted with his solo shit on. And I'm, I'm, I'm super uh, rap nerd and shit. Like, I know the shit because I was there while it happened. So you got to forgive me if I correct a lot of shit that sounds like it might be the truth. But I'm very, uh, I like to split hairs with the shit. So, Fondalum. All right, so. Motherfucking, we had a manager named Nelson Morales, right? Me and Kamu were big, big organized confusion fans, big company flow fans. Shout out to L. So, we we had, we had heard this uh, vinyl. There was a um, Bobito Stretch and Bob show pressed up on vinyl. All these different freestyles, right? All the freestyles that y'all now know of and shit, all the big famous ones. We had that shit on vinyl back in 96, 97. My man, uh, Tr DJ True Skills, a.k.a. Adrian, he had that shit. Shout out to True Skills. He had that shit on a white label. And uh, which for y'all kids and shit that don't know shit, that means like a test press. That's like when somebody random that you don't know who the fuck it is, he pressed up some shit on vinyl and he's selling it. You don't know what the fuck it is. It ain't on no real label, but you're fucking happy you have it. That's a white label. So, um... A white label sounds like it could mean a lot of fucked up shit. So, yeah, let's get that clear. And um, basically, hearing all the shit that, that, that went through Bobito's ears and all the shit that he liked, we were like, well, shit, he fucks with co-flow. He likes organized confusion. We hear all, He likes all this lyrical shit, which is what, 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 I, what I've always been about, what we've always been about. So we figured, let's go ahead and drop a demo off to Bobito, right? Well, plot twist. This is back in the day before the internet was really popping like that. So we... Didn't have to go drive to New York to do it and, and drive to Philly, but we chose to. We had a manager at the time named, uh, hold on. 
That's actually his name. Bubble, bubble sounds. Sorry, his name is uh, Nelson Morales. Shout out to Nelson. He called Bobito. He said, yo, I, I, I want to drop a demo off to you. Bobito said, cool. Bobito at the time had two stores. He had a store called Footwork, and it was in New York City. Then he had another one that was in uh, Philly, right? So we drop it off to both. We say, fuck it, right? Let's cover all bases. We drive, we get in a van. It's me, Tage, DJ True Skills, Nelson Morales, Camus. And I don't know if RJ went the first time or not. I don't remember. But I know we listened to the Cinnabites almost the whole time up there and shit. So we go up there, we drop the shit off, right? We sit around. After we drop it off, we, 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 uh, we're sitting around and shit waiting to hear back. We don't hear shit, man. It's been a week one. We're like, fuck. Okay, we'll call any day now. Week two, we're like, all right, fuck it. Maybe he ain't heard it yet. Week three, we're like, he ain't fucking with it. Week four, he calls us, right? He boom. He calls Nelson. He tells Nelson that he played world premiere on the radio on WKCR, right? He wants to put it out as a single. But he needs a B-side. Well, this is where it gets tricky because Bobito's pickier than me. So, um, all right, cool. So, um, basically, we sent him a whole bunch of shit until finally he decides on Camus, the song, uh, Camus solo song, which was a local favorite for like a couple, maybe a year or something before it dropped, produced by The Intellect. Shout out to The Intellect. And uh, yeah, that's that. Now, from from me getting on Raucous, me getting on Raucous was because uh, uh, Cage played my shit for Mighty Mai, who he was on Eastern Conference Records with and shit, because uh, Eon and Mighty Mai own Eastern Conference. And he was like, basically, he played my shit and uh, Mighty Mai fucked with it. And he hit me up. Well, Cage first, here's how I met Cage. Cage called Bobito, asked Bobito for my number, called my house, Asked my mom, <laughs> he called on some real stalker fan shit though, right? Called my mom, called my house, asked my mom for, for, for me. My mom said he's at Jakai's. She gave him Jakai's number. He called and then we chopped it up, right? That's how I met Cage. Oh, stalker ass. So um, he played my shit for Mighty Mai and Mighty Mai liked it and he, he wanted to work with me. Well, I never done solo shit in my life. I, I didn't like solo shit. I didn't even know what solo shit was. I'd never been solo. Never, ever. So, um... I tried to I tried to play him the megahertz shit. Well, basically they let me know in the beginning he just wants to work with you, right? I'm cool with that. We always had a pact that whoever gets a song gets a song, right? Whoever gets their foot in the door gets the rest of a song. What's the pact, right? RJ. So uh <laughs> shout out RJ D2. Shout out RJ D2. So anyway, um yeah, so um that's how that worked. I tried to I tried to shop uh Mighty My Dead Ringer. He didn't really want to put it out. That's how that's that's how I got um that's how I got RJ his deal with Def Jooks because I took it to I went back to Columbus. I know I'm hopping stories, but that's the gist of the story. Bobby uh, Mighty My heard me wanted to work with me. I tried to get megahertz on through Eastern Conference. I tried to get RJ solo shit on, wasn't happening. So there that goes. But um I go I go when me and Camus were living in uh Middletown, New York, I go we go down to uh Columbus for uh Christmas vacation and shit. And before we dip back to New York, at the end of it all, I stopped by RJ's, right? To see what, you know, it's my homie. So blah, 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 we shoot the shit. He's got a table full of CDs, right? He's got a bunch of CDs on the table. It's like 15 CDs, right? He had a label deal with this label called Bomb Records out of San Fran, right? Out of the bay somewhere, right? So that label deal fell through. So he's shipping all these demos out, old school style, right? Like it's fucking 86, right? So I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not, my, my, my label deal, RJ's like, my label deal fell through with Bomb Records. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get on. I'm like, bro, 
Let me take, let me get one of these CDs. Let me take it to LP. He said, cool. All right, cool. So fast forward, I'm in New York. We're all, this is the night, actually, I remember like yesterday, this was the night that uh, we recorded the song called The Only Weatherman Song. The one with if you don't know the song, uh, you're you're a toy, and also go to YouTube and look it up. It's called it's literally called the Only Weatherman song. Um, so we uh, when we were recording at, at at LP's crib, I was like, yo, I got this CD. It's for it's from our DJ RJ, you know, because um, LP was a fan of ours too. That's how we knew LP. LP liked us from World Premiere. Bobito told us that he played world premiere like a hundred times back to back on a, on a, on a flight to Europe. So we were like, yo, could we get his number? Me and Camus were big company flow fans. So, you know, we were gassed off that. And, um, so anyway, um, wait, yeah. So, um, I say, yo, L here's, here's RJ's CD. There's this album. He plays it and he's like, yo, he's like, what's he want to do with this? I'm like, he wants to put it out. And he says, word. That's how, and, and that was that. It was a five-second thing. LP already knew. He heard it right off the bat within the first 10 seconds and said he wanted to put it out. So that's how I got RJ his record deal. And you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you for, uh, thank you for all the struggling help you've helped me out through with for the last couple years, RJ. You're amazing. So much loyalty. So anyway, uh, let's see what else the kids want to hear about. Yo, as soon as these chicken wings get here, man, I'm dipping. I'm leaving this fucking uh, podcast, whatever the fuck this thing is. All right, so, but da 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 I mean, I'm not about to do the funk contributions of Ohio. I'm not the funk artist. I'm not about to be talking to all that. We already know. We all already know that the funk was created in the Midwest and the, and the West Coast, you know, popularized it. We all know that. And if you don't know, I'll sit it down and break it down for you, and you'll thank me for it later. All right, so... What they want to know. Some of these questions I'm going to skip and do them on a, on a different podcast, like some of the deeper questions, just because, okay, the time Rockefeller tried to sign me. All right, so here's how that happened. So there's this battle. Um, it's a rock the mic battle, right? It's basically, it's this big publicized thing in 50 states, right? It's like in each state at the 50 Cent Jay-Z show at the concert, they're going to have a battle, right? That basically I had to audition and do talent shows and shit to get in that bitch. Like I was like young as fuck. But uh, my, my homie signed me up for shit, for that shit. I normally wouldn't do shit like that. So he signed me up. I showed up and I won the shit, right? Boom. So it's fast forward. We're at the battle. Uh, it's me versus this dude named Skyscraper. Shout out to him. But I knew he was going to lose and he didn't. <laughs> you should have heard him and his homie behind the backstage yo shout out hey skyscraper you remember this you remember when you and your homie were talking backstage right before i cooked you cooked you and you were like uh you're like yo i know i'm gonna win this here's how i knew you were gonna win you y'all were gonna lose you were too confident man you can never do that i've never been that confident before a battle you've always got to watch your shit man because the minute that you underestimate is the minute you lose so anyway um i cooked him duh and uh, it was in between Jay-Z and 50 Cent set, which was dope. Just Blaze hosted it. I couldn't even get my last, like we went back and forth like a couple bars. It was all off the head shit. 
um, cooked them in front of like 15,000 people. The whole city was there. I wish someone had tape and shit, like videotape of the shit or audio. Um, but I couldn't even finish my last bars. Just Blaze lifted my hand up on some Rocky. We are the champion shit. And, and, and after that, I was just like walking through the crowd, like enjoying the fruits of my, of my, of my labor. You know what I mean? You smash an MC and you get to walk around. Everybody's dapping you up. Yo, good shit. Da, 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 da. Uh, that's how it goes. So I'm doing that. And as I'm walking around the stage, Beehive, who's Jay-Z's cousin, Beehive hated the fact I put rap to the back or just me, Ty, Beehive, dug it like that. E, Dames, and Biggs, what's fucking with that? Y'all can never diss Jigga, get nothing for that, except for a couple slugs in your back. Rappers, y'all, running around like I won't gun you down. Last rapper in front and two shots, spun him around, Lord. Except my, so yeah, anyway, Jay-Z. Um, Jay-Z's cousin, Beehive. Hit me up. He was like, yo, let me get your number. My broke ass didn't even have a, have a cell phone at the time, right? So I'm like, I don't have a phone. He's like, well, take my number down. Call me tomorrow. I'll call him the next day. Guess what? Beehive happens to manage Jay Dilla. Yes, the great Jay Dilla. Rest in peace. And he also managed Bink, Bink One at the time, right? Which is incredible, too. And Chris Sholar. Shout out Chris Sholar for those that really know they shit. So anyway, um, he's like, yo. We got to start working on your demo. Duh, 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 duh. I got some beats I'm going to send you. I'm going to get you some beats. What's your, what's your, what's your address and shit? What's your, what's your home address? I give, my, I give my home address. He's like, yeah. So I'm going to get you some beats from JD. Duh, duh, duh. I say, wait, JD? He says, yeah. I say, Dilla? He says, yeah. He said, how you know about Dilla? I said, bro. I said, come on, man. You know who you're talking to. So I get these Dilla beats and all that shit. And that's how I made That's a Rap. And that's how I made um, Clap Your Hands. And that's how I made All Right, which were three off Dilla beats. So like the confusion with all that shit was that Beehive, who was his manager, gave me the beats and said I could demo them up. You know what I mean? But guess what? He never told Dilla that. So when the shit leaked, when the shit leaked that ended up being on my cruise control mixtape, which which uh, Beehive said it was cool to put him on there, um, shit lo shit low key hit the fan. And shout out to Detroit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, shout out to House Shoes and shout out to Guilty, because you know what I'm saying. Rightfully so. And goddamn, like the great Dilla was like, who the fuck is this rapping on my beats? Like he like it don't matter. Like, fuck your skill level. Who the fuck are you, bro? You're in my house. You're on my beats. So yeah, that was a, that was that was a little sloppy. I had to fix that up. But yeah, that's how that kind of worked out. And um, I mean, here's the story, right? So Rockefeller never wanted to sign me. It was never a Rockefeller wants to sign copyright. It was just Blaze wanted to sign me for Fort Knox Records. All right. The whole Rockefeller rock the mic battle thing, that was only a ploy. That whole thing was never, ever uh, intended to discover any rappers or nothing like that. The whole point of that was for the show that y'all saw on TV with the Blind Fury and uh, Recognize, shout out my homie Recognize, from Florida on that shit was for that show. So that, in, so that the rappers, aka the judges, who were Freeway, who were Chris and Eve, who these are Rockefeller artists at the time, the whole point of that was so that they could uh, plug their albums on TV during that battle. I don't know if any of y'all figured that out by now, but that's the whole ploy of it. So basically, I came up on some grand prize shit. I actually got something out to do. I got, the, I got to get a bunch of Dilla beats. I got to soak up game from Beehive. I got to meet Just Blaze. You know what I mean? I got to chop it up with Sycamore, who used to be an A&R at Fort Knox Records and a real dope Brooklyn DJ. So it was definitely a learning experience, man. That's how that went. And I, I turned down Just Blaze at the time because I was kind of I was listening to what Beehive was saying. And Beehive basically was like, man, nobody wants to be just Blaze, man. He was like, people want to be Kanye. And in my head, I'm thinking, nah, <laughs> nah, people want to be just, like, fuck who people want to be like, fuck out of here, man. Just Blaze's beats are hot. Let's go make this classic. But um, based on how confident Beehive was in telling me, like, kind of not to go with the deal, I, I didn't go with the deal. And in part, you know, 
I wonder what would have happened had I have done that. My album probably would have got shelved and I would have had to drop it later just like Saigon did. But still though, a Just Blaze co-sign when you're as dope as me goes a long way. All right, so what else? My opinion on the High Exalted. Dex Terror asked me that. I think it's incredible. I think I love the High Exalted. I think it's amazing. At the t it's exactly what I wanted to make at the time, which was a not well-rounded album. I wanted to make all metaphors. I wanted to show people that I was not to be fucked with. I wanted to show people that I could do this shit all fucking day. This was not an accident. This was not a lucky 16 I wrote. I do this shit. I control this shit. I could conjure these thoughts up at the drop of a hat. That's what I wanted to show people. But at the same time, I made an album that was not well-rounded at all. But I knew that going in. The only song I ever made in my life that I don't like is called Let Me In and it's on that album and it's the reason I say I don't like it is because at the time making it I knew the album was not well rounded and I knew it needed a song like a concept or a topic and that was my version of that this was that was my that was me trying to put a topic or a concept on High Exalted and I knew it going into it it's not that I don't like the beat it's I don't the fucking song means nothing to me and that's the only song I ever made that doesn't mean any fucking thing to me you know so yeah but I think High Exalted's amazing. I think it's insane. I think it's a fucking classic. When people say it's a classic, I agree with them on that. I did, it took me years to see that though. I, ch I, did ch I changed up rap a little bit. You know what I mean? I changed up the way people write metaphors. I mean, you could ask people from Thesaurus to a lot of battle rappers, man. I influenced a lot of that, you know? So and a lot of them have told me that and you could hear it. I mean, come on, man. Wasn't nobody doing that shit like me. <laughs> Wasn't nobody doing that. It's, and still nobody's doing that shit like me. So, yeah. I love, I love the High Exalted, man. And a lot of other people do, too. And I love that. All right. So, went, what went down with Cage, right? Basically, there were some things that... Hold on. Get, I started... I, never, I, did, I didn't grow up with Cage, right? Obviously, right? Like I said, he called me as a he called me as a fan after he got my number from Bobito. So, Cage, um, when you when you when you link up with people that you didn't grow up with, you're taking a risk, man, because you don't know these people's character, you don't know their history, and you don't know their true intentions. You haven't known them that long. That kind of was the problem with the Weatherman, right? I'm 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 cool with everybody in the Weatherman except for I don't talk to Cage. Now, not to say that I wouldn't squash it because I'm very easy to get along with as long as you're not on some bullshit. And I like to squash it because I know life is uh, life is short and grudges are stupid, right? I learned that with the Camus situation. So, and when I say the Camus situation, after he pulled that shit, he kept trying to call me up, trying to kick it, right? Trying to be homies again. And I, was, I wasn't fucking with it because the fuck shit he pulled. But yeah. Um, so, where we at? Yeah, the cage shit. I started seeing shit in his, in his personality. There was a situation where... He had a, his mom in Middletown. She lived close and his stepdad or whatever was beating his mom up and shit. So we all rolled over there. It was me, Metro. Shout out Metro. I know you remember this. Uh, and uh, Camus. And there may have been like one other person. It may have been like, uh, it may have been some, one other person. It may have been Anthony Bell. It may, have been, it may have been my homie Tame. Not Tame One, but another homie Tame. So um, anyway, we go over there. We have his back because he's trying to go, you know, he's trying to hit the dudes, you know, harming his mother right we go over there and cage is out there wild and crying talking about all oh, women are bitches even my mom i'm like dog wait a minute you just said your own mom is a bitch right so how the fuck do i expect you to uh, have any type of uh loyalty or crew type of love 
with somebody you just met if you don't even fuck with your own mom, right? I just started noticing, like, he didn't really take care of his daughter. Nobody knew he had a daughter. You know, just a, really wasn't the coolest guy in the world. You know what I mean? So I started seeing that, and I wanted to distance myself. And I did just that, you know? Um, basically, he was trying to poison everybody against copyright, which was successful in some way. Some people he did that with. Anytime anybody hates on me, it always reverses. Like, time always shows that that they were just full of shit and it was somebody who was who maybe I fucked their girl or they're mad because I'm tall or some old shit or you know what I mean I had an issue with them and they're mad about it so they try to poison somebody against me but anybody who really knows me is like yo that's crazy they don't even they don't know you like that if they're talking about you like this so anyway that's why you know I saw a bunch of stupid ass shit that he was doing he was trying to uh uh like put shit in in Ja'Kai's head that I owed him money for him rapping on the High Exalted. And Ja'Kai's like, nah, bro, we don't charge each other. We grew up together. Now, that shit worked with Camus. He was able to poison Camus' head. But, you know, those are two different personalities, though. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what happened with the Cage situation. Now, I don't know if you meant what happened with them that time or what happened with them. Because there's a YouTube. I don't know if you're talking about the YouTube video where I ran up on him and beat his ass. Uh, what that was, was that was me still mad at him for the shit he did poisoning Camus against me in his final days and I felt a certain way I was living in California at the time and I was still on some super wild out shit so what I did was I knew he was in town because this groupie that like both of us told me every every place that he was so I popped up I popped up on his ass in true copyright uh mysterious form and shit and whooped his ass put it on tape and it's on YouTube it says copyright versus cage or some old dumb shit but uh not my proudest moment man but it happened what are you gonna do I don't know if you meant that or the other shit, so there's two of your answers. What else we got? Um, or I don't know if you meant about the, anyway, the ghostwriting that me and Camus did for Cage. Now, I'll tell you that me and Camus wrote some lines for Cage, a lot of them on that Smut Peddlers album, because Cage, I don't give a fuck about Cage. So anyway, go through all the songs I produced. Styles by VIV said, go through all the songs I produced. Um, man, I produced On My Dick, which is on the High Exalted. I produced... Uh, it's one of the interludes on the High Exalted. I think it's called Centerlude. I produced three, it's called Three Words. It's on High Exalted. It's got Camus and Tage on it. Rest in peace, Camus, of course. Um, I produced Widespread for Ja'Kai the Motormouth. I produced Never Find Another for Ja'Kai the Motormouth. I produced a lot of shit for Ja'Kai the Motormouth. I produced the song called Left on uh, God vs. Satan. But I'm about to do, I'm about, I'm about to start some production for my homie Ren Thomas, man. Shout out to Ren Thomas, who's destroying shit. And, uh, yeah, man, we're about to do an EP together, me and the homie Ren Thomas. So bet that, and then I'm about to do some production for the homie Paradigm out of Detroit. So that's my homie. Shout out both those cats. And um, I've got a lot of, I've got, oh, I, I produced Nardwar's cousin, you know what I mean, off, um, off uh, Bloodbath and Beyond. So, yeah, fair little share. Let me see what other questions we got until these goddamn chicken wings get here. Am I a Seinfeld fan? Hell yeah, I'm a Seinfeld fan. I love Seinfeld. I, I don't like the first two seasons, but it, it starts to cook up after that. But you know what's crazy? I try to watch Seinfeld now, and I kind of it's hard for me to it's hard for me to enjoy it. It's certain it's certain episodes that I like, but it's just hard for me to enjoy it, man. Nowadays, I don't know. Mm. All right, what else we got? But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Larry David fan, all that shit. Um, my new album my new album is, is the High Exalted 2 alright um, I basically wanted to get back to what I had started doing I wanted to get back to the raw shit I wanted to get back I just wanted to 
I wanted to do what I wished one of my favorite artists would do, but none of them could seem to pull it off, right? Like Eminem, shout out to Eminem, he's one of my favorites, but let's be real, the Marshall Mathers LP2 was, was whack, right? So I'm like, yo, I think I could do it. I'm telling myself like, look, I think if anyone could do it, I think it's me. I think I could do it because I'm, I'm, that, I'm just that honest with myself. So I start recording songs and I was throwing a lot of shit out. You could ask D1, shout out to D1, that's my, that's my ace. We got a production team together, me, D1 and Crazy Loop, right? So shout out D1. I was recording a lot of shit and I was throwing it out, trashing it, right? I didn't know what, what, what direction I wanted to go or any of that. But I started getting some shit together and I started, it started shaping up to be like really, really dope. So that's kind of, I mean, I don't know what to tell you except for the High Exalted is coming out in two different parts. It's going to be High Exalted Scene 1. It's eight songs on vinyl and CD and cassette. It's going to drop uh, here around June, June-ish. And then there's going to be the High Exalted Scene 2, which is about eight songs. And it's going to be on vinyl, cassette, and CD. And it's dropping like at the end of the year, right? So, because I don't want to do a long-ass album. I'm done with that. And, but I still wanted to put out... I couldn't put out no eight-album song and compare it to High Exalted because... Uh. <laughs> you got you to gotta put up... You know what I mean? You, you, gotta, you can't compare a, a body of work that's half the amount of songs with another body of work. It's, that's too much of a ripoff, and I'm not here for that. So there's that. I mean, the High Exalted scene one, it's got, um, it's got um, my man Vortal Mega from Cannibal Ox. You know what I mean? Salute from the mega or from 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 Def Jokes. You know what I mean? From the Weatherman days, and it's got um. Man, I don't I don't even want to spoil it for y'all for real. I just rather let y'all hear it. Um, but it's crazy. It's amazing. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. I know y'all gonna shit yourselves when y'all hear it. Um, my best shit yet, and I know I know I say that every time, but honestly, it's my best shit yet. Um. Then I got an album coming out with Mighty Mai, right? DJ Mighty Mai from the High and the Mighty. Shout out to Mighty Mai. Yo, what up, Mai? Um, got that shit dropping probably next year. So it's quite a uh, plethora of releases, man. What are we down to? Fucking 37 minutes. I'm done. Soon as my wings get here, man. Battle rap. Um, we could talk about battle rap. My homie Lil Rip Official wants to know about battle rap. Well, what about it? Um... Not at all. Wow. This dude said the truth why the greatest hip-hop crew ain't around no more. Was it because everyone was on serious drugs every day? I don't know what y'all think, but everybody was not on serious drugs every day, man. Um, basically, I just, I, told this, I just told you why it wasn't, why it's not around. Because... I think okay. So me and Cage started the Weathermen. This is how the this is how the Weathermen uh, was born, right? We were talking, like I said, we would chop it up on the phone. Uh, he didn't like Camus in the beginning. He couldn't stand him, right? Hated him. Hated when we would call him three way. Didn't want him to come and, and stay with him. All this all this shit, right? But before that, we were trying to we were trying to put together a crew. Now he came up with the name Weatherman. He didn't come up with it. He stole it from a seventies. The 70s, like, uh, extremist group. Most of y'all know that. But uh, he was like, we should have a crew, right? So he was like, who should be in it? Me and him were talking. I was still working at this job called National Revenue Corporation doing collections. This is an attempt to collect the debt. Any information obtained will be used for that purpose. Um, yeah, I'm, I might call you. But uh, 
he was like, who should be in the crew? And I'm like, yo, the whole idea with the Weatherman was let's make a crew who's got so many different styles that we can get all the that we could we could get everybody's money. We can get all the fans' money because some people like LP shit more abstract than some people like me and Jakai straight to the straight more lyrical, straight to the you know punch with rhymes and shit. And um, so we were like, who should we put in it? I was like, well, we definitely got to put all the megahertz in it. You know what I mean? Like that's a given. So he was like, all right. And then he's like, yo, he was telling me about Yak. He was like, yo, I got this rapper named Yak. He tells me, he's like, yo, he sounds like a combination of me and you. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, he really sounded more like a combination of uh, Cage, for real, but yeah. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You say he's cool, put him down. And then we're like, yo, we should, we should ask L if he wants to be down. And we were like, yo. So we, I called him on three-way from the job, matter of fact. And we called him and we asked him. And LP was down, like, really quick. You know, he was like, yeah. We were stoked on that. And then after that, it just snowballed. Like, we would ask. Uh, I remember we asked. He asked Tame One, I think pretty sure cage did and um yeah it was just like that man um it was on paper it was a very good idea but the whole thing was i think that since one i had left the crew right so one of the one of the one of the creators of it had left and then the person that was still there was toxic as fuck so go figure it's not going to stick around right i mean do you still see cage talking to, to l and shit do you do you still see cage talking to anybody he's ever worked with or been friends with in the past exactly so you could see how it how it dissipated so all right let me get some other question okay sorry i'm correcting somebody all right so what else we got who the fuck religion all right definitely start up all right so somebody's talking about the deaf jokes demi guys beef all right um how did that start let's see that started on cage's message board from him saying some shit uh, esoteric saying something and me having cage's back and saying some shit then by the time the beef started that night at sobs i already remember how i said i'd peep some shit about cage and i already wanted to distance myself why you think i ain't jump in that shit right plus i was there with my girl it was wolves there. My girl had passed out from dehydration and smoking too much weed. You think I'm going to leave my fucking girl sitting somewhere to go fight with some motherfuckers I'm already starting not to fuck with? <clears throat> so, yeah, that was that. And um, I guess that's the height of the beef. It really wasn't no beef. In fact, I remember um, Apathy used to call Mighty Mai. Mighty Mai could... All my stories, it's always somebody who could vouch them. You know, that's what I like. So, Mighty Mai, you could vouch for this. Remember when, remember when Out the Blue that one day, Apathy called your crib and was like, Yo, do you have copyrights number? I want to let them know that I have nothing to do with the K with the Weatherman versus Demigods threads on on uh, UndergroundHipHop.com, and I'm like, duh, what the fuck you think I am? Twelve, of course. I know you ain't got nothing to do with that. So, you know, they used to send me beats and shit. The thing was, the way I handled the thing, my loyalty for a for a, a crew member at the time, um, it kind of poisoned the whole situation with me uh, working with them. You know what I mean? It, I mean, I've I squashed my shit with a. Uh, esoteric since then but i don't know some people some people i'm gonna be honest man when it comes to the story of copyright you all know this because you guys fuck with me you know it's very few people who could fuck with me on the mic and even fewer who could fuck with me on the writing so a lot of people are happy that i'm like trying to black like apathy's been blacklisting me for years man <laughs> that dude fucking hates me he throws my records uh, i remember i've had college dj radios tell uh, radio djs tell me that he breaks my records and snaps them i'm like please get that on tape that's hilarious but uh yeah uh, that motherfucker blacklists me like a motherfucker and then uh 
But I don't know, man. I just chill and do me. A lot of people, they like that if, 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 if I'm not on the scene or if I'm out the picture, they love that shit because they can't shine with me in the picture. It's really fucking hard for them to get any shine with the type of rapping I do and the type of rapping that anybody else who's not me does. So how's that for modesty? What else we got? My trips to CA in, in Massachusetts. Well, I got into a car. I, I rolled some weed. I played some music. And then I uh, got out the car. And I was in CT in Massachusetts. Okay. Next question. Uh, oh, Sean Price. Eh, I mean, rest in peace, Sean Price. I don't have that many Sean Price stories, man. I wasn't best buddies with Sean Price or nothing like that. Uh, I was cool with them. And we were business associates, right? So, like, we've had shows together, and I've definitely seen him, uh, 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 uh like in in about. I just, I just, I just basically, I seen Sean Price in rare form, and we we talked about some some really, 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 uh, uh, like he when 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 his daughter was about to be born, he was so excited. All right, he was talking to me, just going on and on and on and on and on about it, right? So yeah, this is a man who was very much uh, in love with his family and, and, and in love with hip hop. So I love Sean Price, but I don't have as many stories as y'all might think. I, this, uh, I've got some footage of us in the studio, which I'm gonna release later, but um, I just know he's a cool ass dude, man. I know I offered him some, e I was on e-pills, he said no. I know we got in the, <laughs> all right, here's a, here's a Sean Price story, all right? We had a show in Buffalo, right? Um, somebody, somebody, I was supposed to do the show with somebody else and they couldn't show up or whatever. So, um, the promoter's like, it's my homie Puppet, right? From Rochester, shout out Puppet. He's like, yo, who else could we get? I said, let me ask Sean. I text Sean, I'm like, yo, there's this show in Upstate, you want to do it? Here comes my chicken wings, y'all fucked up now, y'all ain't getting the story. <laughs> it's like, no. I'm gonna put y'all on hold and I'm gonna finish the Sean Price story and wrap up this uh, precious piece of shit, alright? Hold on.
Now, where was I? Oh, yes. All right. So, I'm on X. This is like right after my mom had passed, all right? So, this is the story, right? We had a show in upstate New York. Boom. This is right after my mom had passed. I really didn't give a fuck about life too much. I was doing a lot of drugs because I was so depressed. I didn't care if I was here or not. And in my mind, I had this plan that I'll just do the drugs I like until I die. But that, that plan didn't last too long. Because I'm a survivor. Plus, I'm liver than most. Live on bills. Still out riding with toast. So, um, get off the plane. I'm on E. Um, we... We get off the plane around the same time. I think I get off a little bit early, a little bit earlier. Uh, uh, I go to the promoter. He's got the car. I see Sean. We both get in the car. You know, we dap each other up and shit. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, we get in the fucking car. I try to play. <laughs> I try to play this naughty. I'm in there listening to Naughty by Nature, not 1993, right? Uh, and I'm like, yo, put this in. And he's like, get that shit the fuck out of here. He said, put my CD in. He's got his CD. It's him. It's it's like, <laughs> it's his, it's not his CD. It's him on the CD. We're about to listen to him rap. Cause like, yo, most artists I know for real, they don't they don't play their own shit. And rightfully so. Like I don't like to ride around listening to my new shit unless it's in my own shit, unless it's new shit. I'm sick of it by the time it comes out and y'all hear it, I'm sick of that shit, right? I'm on to the next. So yeah, that shit was funny because he's like, get that the fuck out of here. And it's naughty by nature, 1993. I mean, that's some of the other shit is like unevent, uneventful anecdotes. Like you had to be there type shit. Like he was telling me how SB he likes SB dunks, but he thinks they look funny on his feet and shit. You know, a little stupid shit. Then we got to this. We got to the studio, started recording, working. And that's what that that's what the footage I got is. The footage I have is. Um. What are we working on? 49. You know what I'm about to do? Fuck. One minute. I'm not about to fuck, but hold on one minute. And if I was about to fuck, it would not be for one minute, but hold on. I'm getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Yeah. Come on, baby. Hold on. Hold tight, babies. Hold on tight, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm almost back. Just hold on. Wait for me. Wait for it, baby. Wait for it, baby. Wait. You gotta wait for it, baby. You gotta wait for it, baby. Now wait for it, baby. Wait for it, baby. I know that's right, girl. You gotta wait for it, bitch. Fucks with me. All right, so hold on. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So let me wrap this shit up so I can get to these chicken wings, right? How many times I gotta tell this kid chicken wings? All right. So what the fuck are we talking about? The fuck are we talking about? Um. Oh. <laughs> I'm a. I'm gonna close it out with this, right? Angry Pale Kid wants to know about the Revenge of the Robots tour, right? Hmm. That was the funnest. That was a very fun tour. It was, it was a lot of us. It was me, Mr. Liff. Aesop was supposed to be on that tour, but he was sad over a breakup. He was depressed, so he didn't want to leave the house. So cool. Shout out to Aesop. That's my man. Um, dun -dun 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 -dun. Yeah, so anyway, that was basically, we was on the tour bus. I really had no right to really trip on that shit because... 
LP was the one, like L, it was LP's tour. You know what I'm saying? Like really, in hindsight, I really had no right to say anything, right? But it was just like uh, it was getting a little messy, and everybody was complaining, and uh, I was I, I felt the same way, but nobody else really had the balls to say anything. But uh, you know, I said what I had to say because uh, I'm me. So that was that. And then uh, I, got, I hope that answers your uh, question, man. Fucking 51 minutes. I don't think that's too bad for a piece of shit that I just. <laughs> it's like, let me stop. I don't really. You know what? Here's the thing, right? I'm sitting in my crib. It's a Saturday. Like Dela said. And I'm just really. Uh, I'm really thankful for y'all. You know, I really am. I'm thankful that you guys care enough to want to listen to this. I'm thankful that you guys have been asking for this. And I'm thankful that I've been in the game long enough that I could give you some kind of stories like this. You know, I'm very thankful for that because this is a culture that I love. Um, I want you guys to know that I have the High Exalted 2, Scene 1 and Scene 2, dropping on Man Bites Dogs Records. Shout out RML. It's my ace. Dropping later this year. Like, honestly, a couple months, the first one will be dropping. So get ready for it. You know, there's a lot of really dope shit dropping on the Man Bites Dog label this year. There's a Guilty Simpson EP. There's an Oh No EP. Yada. Shout out to both of those gentlemen. And I just want you to know that uh, <coughs> gentlemen who lent a pen to a friend to write with him. I want to say shout out to um, the spirit of the man that they call Daniel Doomley, MF Doom. I love you to death. We love you to death. We miss you. Um, you know, my favorite rappers, MCs, artists, are, are for real like doom and price and they're gone and it's fucked up you know and i want to give a shout out to everybody who would really hit because i'm just a fan i never met the man never had the privilege doom uh never meeting doom so i want to shout out everybody who's really going through pain everybody who knew them as as as, as regular people and not as musicians i want to say that my heart out goes my heart goes out to you you know i know what that's like to lose somebody i don't know what your pain is like but i know what it's like to hurt somebody to, to lose somebody and i know this shit hurts so and the rest and everybody else misses them in some sort of way i want to dedicate this to everybody who's been listening to years since the high exalted i want to say that if you stick around the shit's gonna really turn around and get really dope and i got a lot of surprises in for you this year a lot um shout out to the to the to the osu class that i taught on the rapping i love y'all hope y'all doing y'all's homework shout out to my brother jay rawls and shout out to elder sensei they got an album they're working on right now in columbus as we speak so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this big precious piece of shit is there anything you want to know before i go you you in the back the ugly one the fucking i'm gonna close my eyes because you're hideous but yeah you okay he wants to know how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck woodchuck would